discerning kosher consumer, providing meat, fish, and produce departments, delicious takeout, and so much more. Visit us today, 1523 Avenue M, or call us for free delivery, 855-MT-FRUIT. Also inquire about our member program, Mountain Fruit, the peak of quality, 1523 Avenue M, 855-MT-FRUIT. Visit us online at shopmountainfruit.com. Shalom Aleichem, Shavuot Tov to all of you, listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be talking about Parashat Vayetze. In Perik Lamed, Pasuk Aleph, there's a dialogue here between Yaakov Avinu and Rachel Imenu, which is very puzzling. It says, Vatere Rachel, that's what Pasuk says. Rachel Imenu, she saw, she had no children, but she got jealous of her sister, who already had six children. But Tom and Yaakov, she talks to him directly to him. You meet children, or else. I'm like a dead person. Then the second pasuk, Vayichar af Yaakov berachel. Yaakov Avinu got a little angry at that, at her. Vayomer, he says to her, Hatachat Elohim Anochi. Am I instead of God? Hashem ana mimech peribat. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He did not give you children. I have. You don't. That is very puzzling. But first of all, let's see how Rashi explains this. Rashi says, when Rachel Imenu asked Yaakov for children, Havali, he meant like this, Your father, okay, he prayed for uh, Rivka, the mother, and she had children. Right? What does that mean? She meant, like, like that means she didn't mean, uh, I'm going to be physically dead. She meant, like, a person who has no children is, it counts like, uh, you know, like a myth. He has no descendants. No, he doesn't have anything in this world. So, are you telling me that I should do like my father? I'm not like a father. Different. He didn't have children. So he prayed for my mother. I have children. I didn't give you children. He gave me, but not you. This is really, okay, we can understand a little bit what's going on, but still, it's, a, it's puzzling. What kind, what kind of a conversation is this? She comes to him. The wife comes to her husband, and she said, you know, she, she's uh, very distraught. She doesn't have children. And what's his answer? Oh, it's not, it's not me. It's not my problem. It's your problem. Imagine if you go to a big hacham. 
you tell them, look, please pray for me because I have a lot of pain. Pray that my pain should be relieved. Now, what the Hakam said to you, sorry, I don't have pain. You have the pain. It's your problem. You take care of it. So this passage a little bit shakes us. Uh, at the end, the end result was that she prayed and Hashem listened to her prayer. Like it says, Vayizkor Elohim itrahel, Kadosh Baruch who remembered Rahel Imenu, remembered that she gave over the Simanim to her sister, Vayishma Eliyah Elohim, Kadosh Baruch listened to her prayer, Vayiftach Etrahman, and she conceived. But still, we need a little bit of explanation about this uh, attitude, this behavior of Yaakov Avinu Avot towards his wife. How do we understand that? It turns out that Ktab Sofer gives us a little bit of understanding, of insight into this. He says, the Gemara in Masechet Baba Kama says, If a person is praying for something, for someone else, his friend, and he himself needs the same thing, he gets answered first. In other words, if you know that your friend, for example, doesn't have a job, and you don't have a job, and you pray to Hashem that he should get a job, HaGadoshua is going to respond to you first. Where do we know this from? From Abraham Avinu. It says, Abraham Avinu, we pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why? I mean, what happened here? What did, what did he pray? He prayed for Avimelech that he should be able to have children, right? That's it, then he could have kids. What happened? His wife conceived. So therefore, if someone really seriously prays for someone else and he need, he needs the same thing, and he's answered first. So what Yaakov Avinu meant to say, I'm not really like your father because your father did not have children. So if he prays for his wife, he's not a hila. He gets, he gets answered first. Me, I don't have that. It's not the same case. I have children. So this idea of na'inat hila being Hashem responding first does not apply to me. But at any rate, uh, this is this is the, what Yaakov Avinu meant to say that it's not really the same case as my father had. Now we have to understand another thing. It says, What does that mean? Rahel Imenu, Sadiqet, was jealous? What does that mean? Of course, Pshat that Rashi says is, She was jealous from her good deeds. Amra, she said, if she really wasn't so uh, righteous above me, then she wouldn't be meriting 
she wouldn't marry the children. So there is jealousy and there is jealousy. There's jealousy for physical things. There's jealousy for spiritual things. See, why did Hashem create jealousy altogether, you might say? Well, Hashem created jealousy so that people should have incentive to grow and develop themselves spiritually. In other words, if you see a man who's a great uh, Baal Hasid and you envy him, you're jealous, you want to be like him, a big Baal Hasid, that's fine, that's healthy. If you see a big Tamid Hakam and you say, well, I would like, I'm jealous, I want to be the same Tamid Hakam like him, that's fine. Jealousy for physical things, that is different. That's no good. It's unfortunate that even throughout the Kumash, the, the, the we see a lot of times, we see things with jealousy that was not spiritual in nature. I mean, Cain and Hevel, Yosef and his brothers, it was not, you know, they were, they, were, they were just, even at the beginning, the sun and the moon, the moon was jealous from the sun. So this is, this is the, the idea behind this jealousy. If you are jealous in a way where you want to grow spiritually, that's healthy. You want to become a Tamid Hakam, a big Baal Hasid, or anything that has to do with the mitzvot. I want to do the same mitzvot as this person. This person is middakdik in all the mitzvot, especially on Shabbat. I wish I could be like him. That's fine, that's healthy. What's not healthy is when a person says, oh, he has a mansion, I have a tiny home. I'm jealous of that. That's no good. But in any case, we see here the importance of the mitzvah of having children. I mean, Rachel Imenu, she wanted kids. Not only Rachel, Sarah Imenu, Rivka Imenu, they all wanted very much to have children. This brings us to Midrash which talks about Yaakov Avinu having children and eventually building the 12 Shabbatim of Israel. At the beginning of the parasha, listen carefully. We said, Yaakov Avinu ran away. He ran away from his brother. His brother was about to kill him. And he didn't go away on his own will. His parents, his Avinu and Rivka Aminu pushed him out, said, go, go to Haran. Because, well, first of all, over there you'll find a bride. Secondly, if you don't run away, something's going to happen. So what did he do? What did he do right away? What did he do? Did he go straight to Haran? No, that's not what the Midrash says. There's a Three things that he did. If you notice carefully in the parasha, first of all, he went into hiding. Midrash says he went into hiding for 14 years. Where? In the yeshiva of Shem Ba'evra. First thing he did, learn Torah. Go. Go learn. Learn. 14 years. Now what happened after that? So 
Then the Torah tells us that he built the Matseva, okay? Called the Matseva Betel, the house of the Lord. This is the place where we're going to have the Beit HaMikdash, the place of the Avodah, Avodah the Korbanot. And then he said, Whatever you give me, I want 10%. That's give me the chesed. Give me the chesed. What we see from here is that there are three things that are very important. Torah, Avodah, give me the chesed. These are the three basic principles that have been written in Pirkei Avot from Shimon HaSadik was a Kohen Gadol Mishiri Knesset HaGdola and he said devarim ha'olam omet. on three things the world stands ala Torah study of Torah Avodah in the olden days was Avodah Korbanot nowadays is the Tefilot Worshipping God in, by praying to Him. Gimilut Hesed. Very important also to do kind deeds. Now, this concept of these three things is repeated again as we see in the Midrash. When we say, He took from the stones, okay? And when he woke up, he slept, and when he woke up, it was only one stone. Everything, they all fused together as one. And he there's a mahluket or a biodan, Rabbi Nehemiah. Not really mahluket, just two opinions. Rabbi Yudan says there were really 12 stones. There were 12 stones that he took. And the 12 became into one. And Yaakov said, Abraham, Abraham Avinu was not, didn't have the 12 children. Ishaq Avinu, meaning his father, did not have him either. So therefore, he says, if these fuse together, then I would know. That's a sign that the 12 Shabbatim will come from me. This is what Abiyuda said. Now, Rabbi Nehemiah says, no, it was, not, it was not 12, it was only three. And they fused together. So he said, look, Abraham, he came a Shekhinah on him. It's Haq also. And he said, if these three would fuse, I would know that also will be and I will be Zohe also. To have the children. Now, why three Abanim? The Hachamim said these three stones, it really represents Torah, Avodah, and Gimilot Chesed. What does that mean? He's going to Haran to get bright to have children. Okay? If you have children, and you have to have a home that is based on Torah, Avodah, and Gimut Chesed. You can't just go have children and God forbid, 
the children are going the wrong path. No good. You know, the first mitzvah of the Torah is Peru Urbu, to have children. And the last mitzvah of the Torah is Kitbu Lachem Azot, which means the Torah. Right? What's the connection between the first and the last? The connection is if you're going to have children, then you have to teach them the Torah. You have to teach them what it is a tefillot. You have to teach them also to know to do ma'asim tovim. That's the connection. A child learns at an early age. If you teach a child when he's grown up already, it's not the same. Pirkei Avod says, Elisha ben Abuya Omer, when a person learns when he's a child, to what can we compare it? To ink that you write on a new piece of paper. It's sharp, it's clear, and it stays. A person who learns when he's already old, to, to what we can compare it. When you have ink written on a piece of paper that already you wrote before and you erased, wrote and erased, and you write again, it's all mitushtash. It's all spotty, can, can hardly read anything. It's true. The memory of a child is sharp. Whatever you teach him will stay there. He'll keep it forever. On the other hand, an elderly person is different. Uh, the the memory is already so filled, so when you push more into it, it is a likelihood that probably you'll you'll forget a lot of things, and that's how it is. But the, something that you actually learned when you were a child, that's very hard to forget, almost never. I just want to mention a little story that had to do with Rabbi Eliezer Silver. Rabbi Eliezer Silver was a great, great Tamit Hakam. He was the head of the Orthodox Union, both here, USA, and Canada. During World War II, there were countless Jewish parents that gave their precious children to Christian neighbors and orphanages, convents. Why? In the hope that later on, somehow, somebody will come and either, if they stay alive, or a, a relative or something will come pick them up. Fine. Now, many parents had informed their relatives in other safe countries about their children and where they were staying. Those very few parents who somehow were lucky to survive the slave laborers and death camps or their relatives who came to claim the children, they were faced with another horrible thing. Why? The priests and nuns who had been the, the caretakers, they were teaching them our religion. We were teaching them Christianity. They said, no, we don't have anybody here. 
Ah, uh, not have any children here. No, no, you must be wrong. Nobody here. But in 1945, after the war, Rabbi Shalom, he, he had a very good idea. He, want, he knew there were some uh, Jewish children in a monastery in Alsace-Lorraine, in France, north of France there. So when they came and asked the, the priest over there at the head, the one in charge, says, please, we would like to. Talking about. We can't tell whose children. You know, we, we don't know who's Jewish, who's not Jewish. We, we have a hundred kids here. We don't know who's who. You got to have real good documentation. If we produce some documentation about this particular child or that particular child, not fine. But there was no, there was no, there was no documentation. Who had documentation? This is a war. Nothing. So they said, look, uh, well, you know, look at the names, you know. You see a name like uh, Miller, you know, it's a Jewish name. Berko is a Jewish name. This and that. No, 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 no. You can't tell us. No, no. Miller is a German name, you know. Tversky is a Polish name. We, we can't tell the difference. We can't approve this is one way or the other. So Rabbi Eliezer Silva did not give up. He turns to the head the priest over there and says, you know what? Before you put him to bed to sleep tonight, I would like to come here. I want to, I want to see what's going on. So, okay, come, come. Fine, no problem. So he comes in, and just before you go to sleep, he starts singing. Shema Yisrael, Shem Elokeinu. Then you had like a, a dozen kids. Hashem Echad. So he says to them, these kids are Jewish. Because when they were kids, when they were young, their mother, before they put them to sleep, she told them the Shema Yisrael. The Christian ones don't know about it. And that's why he was able to save a lot of Jewish children that way. Like Elisha bin Abuyah said, when you teach your child when he's young, he will stay there for good. So Rabbutai, make sure not only to have your home based on these great principles, the Torah, study of Torah, yourself making time, setting special time for Torah, and make sure that your children also learn. Avodah, the prayers. Yeah, some say, well, I'm praying at home. It's not the same. Not the same. Prayers have to be in a shul with a minyan. And of course, Gimelot Hesed. Now, which one is the most important of the three? 
obviously everyone would say, of course the Torah. So that's more important. Let's say, oh, they're equal. Okay, they're equal. Torah equal to Abu Right? Let me ask him. I'll tell you. One, one second. On Shabbat in the morning, you go to the tefillah almost three hours. Doesn't bother you. Right? How come in the tefillah on Shabbat, I have 150 people, and then when there's a shiur, a class on Torah, which is not three hours, 45 minutes, I have 15 people. I thought they were equal. Where's the equality? This is one saying, we need tremendous incentive, improvement in the Kvoa Etim Patorah. When we really keep ourselves more and more learning Torah, teaching our children Torah. Uh, again, let me remind you of the great station. Please make an effort to contribute. Whatever you can, everything counts. And if you have a simha, do not hesitate. Call our office at SLC, and I'm sure we can accommodate you. Shavuot Tov.